Every 68 seconds, someone in America is sexually assaulted. I am one of those people, and maybe you are too. If you're anything like me, you have burning questions, shame, guilt, and maybe fear weighing down on you at all hours of the day. Whether something terrible happened to you yesterday or 40 years ago, we all deal with the lasting effects of abuse and trauma of all kinds. To my fellow survivors, thank you for being here. Thank you for being courageous enough to just listen. To those who know a survivor, thank you for being willing to learn. To my listeners who aren't either of those things, thank you for supporting us by listening and learning. Every podcast episode I record has the possibility of being difficult for some of my listeners to hear, so be easy on yourself. Pick a time and place that suits you best, and don't be afraid to pause something and come back later when you found the courage to do so. I love you all, and I'm so glad that you're here with me today. Let's dive in. Hello, friends. It is Courtney with Every 68 Seconds. It is Monday for me, and it's been a heck of a day, but I'm glad I've found some time um, to record this podcast. It's definitely something, it's actually a topic that I've been wanting to do, but it didn't feel the right like the right time. But today feels like the right time for me, so we're going to just get right into it. <laughs> um, so last week, we talked about finding the courage to make a change, and I kind of related that back to trauma and abuse and how there's so much that, you know, us as survivors um, have to decide to change because otherwise we'll never really get on with our healing journey with our trauma that we've experienced. So today I'm talking about how triggers are your responsibility. And I realized that this could be a little bit controversial, I guess. Um, but I think it's really important and it's something that I had to learn in the last two and a half years um, just to really understand how I need to be dealing with the aftermath of trauma. Um, and I know that even the word trigger can be kind of triggering for some people and by that I mean offensive, which is not really the, the way that I'll be using this word tonight. But a lot of people associate the word trigger with like, oh, it's offensive. Um, but there's actually a, a real definition for trigger that relates to trauma and abuse. And that's what I'm going to be talking about tonight. Um, because it is a legitimate term that we can use to explain what happens to those who've had trauma in their lives and how it affects the brain. So first of all, what is a trigger? Um, and specifically a trauma trigger or a psychological trigger And a trauma trigger is a psychological stimulus that prompts involuntary recall of a previous traumatic experience. And recall basically just means that the brain brings something forward from memory um, to the forefront of our minds. And it's related to obviously that traumatic experience that we have gone through and the... um, main and most important word in this definition is involuntary because I think a lot of people who haven't experienced trauma might just assume that triggers are like voluntary and like people just get so well for them I feel like they think it's this offense instead of an actual like involuntary response but they're like oh they get so offended and it's like on purpose or they choose to be that way right but 
in reality, a trauma trigger is something that's completely involuntary and it can be something as simple as a scent or like a piece of clothing that you were wearing the day of your trauma or um, a person or a phrase or the way somebody talks to you or a positioning of your body or whatever. It can be honestly anything, but it's it can be indirectly or superficially kind of reminiscent of this traumatic incident that you've experienced and the actual stimulus itself isn't necessarily frightening or traumatic at all but it just reminds you um, of the experience that you had and so you have this involuntary recall and you almost feel as though you're back in that um, that moment or that experience um, so anyways I just want to go over the actual definition of a trigger because that's very important it's not just oh you're so triggered and like so up up in arms about something or so offended about something that's not what I'm the the definition I'm talking about and I don't even really think that's a legitimate definition but it's just people have kind of made that a definition so first of all (laughs) um with that being said triggers you know being a involuntary recall it still is something that is your responsibility as a survivor of trauma. And yes, that's probably tough to hear because a lot of us, you know, we've experienced something, we have these um, triggers that come up from whatever it might be. And we kind of, it's almost like we hide behind, like I know at least for me, I definitely hid behind those triggers. And I would, I would use once they would happen, I'd be like, okay, that's my excuse to get out of the situation or just like, I don't know, like avoid things. And then I would try to avoid the triggers themselves. Right. Um, but and I would also even try to blame somebody else for like triggering me. Like a lot of times, especially in my relationship, it was like in my brain, I was like, oh, like it's my boyfriend's fault for saying this or for doing this when normally that was a very typical thing in our relationship and then all of a sudden it became a trigger which is not his fault you know what I mean so first of all it's no one else's fault that something triggered you it's actually not even your fault so don't think that it's your fault either obviously it's the fault of the person that did something to you to cause you to have this trigger right Um, but ultimately, ultimately if someone says something that unintentionally triggers you, they cannot be blamed for it. So in my relationship with my boyfriend at the time, who's now my husband, like if he were to do or say something that triggered me, I can't blame him for that, you know, but it's my responsibility to deal with the trigger. So whenever triggers come up, it's our responsibility as trauma survivors or abuse survivors to take responsibility for dealing with them and overcoming them and ignoring your triggers will only make them come up worse or more often and or more often in the future um and that's something that definitely happened for me if I tried to ignore a trigger first of all in the moment if I tried to ignore it and not say anything about it it would just keep like pretty much What's even, I don't even know the right term, but it would just be reoccurring in my brain over and over and over again in that moment. And until I said something about it, it would just keep like going through my brain over and over again, which made it worse. Um, and if I didn't really have that conversation with the person or a trusted person, you know, about what triggered me, like it would just, 
eat away at me. And then later on, that same thing that triggered me in the first place would probably end up um, triggering me even worse and more often in the future. So my biggest advice for triggers is that you should, you honestly need to talk to a trusted person about it, especially the people that you're around the most, because you want them to, like, I'm sure that the people around you that love you want to know the things that might trigger you because they, they would want to know whether they should be doing that or not, like, or saying that or not, whatever it might be. Um, but I'm sure if they care about you, they really would want to know the things that trigger you so that they can avoid saying those things just to help you out, obviously. Um, but especially if you have a significant other, um, and, and your, your trauma triggers have to do with that relation, like a relationship or even with sex or something related to that, then you, you really should make sure that that significant other knows all of your triggers, at least the ones that you can think of off the top of your head. Like I remember when, um, Daniel and I like were first, I was coming out of my abuse and trauma and everything. And, um, there was things that he wanted to say or do that were very typical from, from before, like I said, um, a few minutes ago, but they all of a sudden were triggers. And I literally like, I remember sitting down and he asked me like what those things were, like he wanted to know, what the triggers were. And so we had this whole conversation like, yeah, if you do this, that's honestly a huge trigger for me. And it takes me right back to this experience in my brain. And he's like, okay, good to know. And so I had a very long conversation with him about everything that triggered me. And this doesn't mean that you're going to remember everything like all at once in that conversation because new triggers can come up every day or um, every once in a while. And that's totally okay for new triggers to come up. And you might not even realize them. Sometimes something can trigger you and it'll bring up a memory that you didn't know you had. Like it can just be a new memory and I've definitely had that happen as well. Um, but every time that, you know, new trigger comes up, like you should, it's your, it's your responsibility to keep your significant other in the loop or whoever it is. Like it might be your parent or like, I don't know if you guys talk to your parents about this, but like whoever you're with a lot, um, Like they should definitely know these things and especially not even just for them, but also for you. Like if you're talking to somebody about these things, it's going to help you out a lot emotionally. You don't have to keep it in and just keep it to yourself and try to bury it down. Right. Um, but yeah, if your significant other doesn't want to know, doesn't care to know, won't agree to avoid your triggers or ignores them, that is not okay. That was my dog trying to get in here. Um, that is not okay. And you should not be with that person, like 100%. I'm sorry. There, there's just no, sorry, there's no excuse for that. Like your significant other, if you've been through something, they should be extremely open to hearing about triggers of yours and wanting to avoid them. Doesn't mean that they always will succeed at that. Like Daniel's definitely had times where he accidentally triggered me because he forgot or whatever. And I can't like, and there's been times where I've actually gotten upset and, and I look back now and I'm like, all right, that was not on him. That was like my responsibility to deal with that. Right. Like I can, I couldn't blame him for that. Cause it's just him trying to be normal, you know, um, with me. And just because he forgets doesn't mean I then blame him for that. Um, but yeah, so even when new triggers come up, you should tell your significant other. And if they don't care to know about all of these triggers of yours um, and make a change themselves, then I truly, truly think that you should not be with that person because they should care. 
But at the end of the day, your feelings are completely valid when something triggers you. So never feel like it is your fault for being triggered or um, like it's fake or you shouldn't listen to it or whatever. Like you should, of course, you know, understand that it is valid for you to feel that way. And it's just the brain, it's literally involuntary and you can't control it in that moment. But there are, it like triggers are pretty much just a wake-up call for you to know what needs to be worked on and what you are still healing from. You know, it's it's truly just a way for you to understand, okay, this is what I need to work on or realize that that really bothers me and then you can work through that. And something that has been helpful for me, um, it's almost, I, I would almost say it's kind of like desensitization where more exposure to something that used to trigger me has allowed me to get over that trigger. And this is very like uh, sensitive or like intimate, I guess, but especially like sexual triggers from my sexual trauma when I would want to be sexual with my significant other. Obviously, there were things that still triggered me. And there are a lot of things that I could not do for, gosh, like over a year, like year and a half, maybe even two years at times. Um, but I will say now, especially making a podcast like this and like, like just coming clean about like what's happened to me to a lot of people talking through a lot of that with my, um, husband. And I mean, just all these things that have helped me through my healing process has really, it's just gotten those triggers to, go away, I guess. Not like they're not ever I guess they're not ever gone, but they're not as intense and they're not as debilitating. Um and so anyways, just you know, realizing what those triggers are, what you need to kind of focus on in your healing process and then even going and you know, trying your best to do some of the things or or hear some of the things I guess that would trigger you in the past so that you can work through the emotions that come up. Like, don't ignore them. You work through them. And doesn't mean you have to continue on with whatever that was that you were doing or listening to or whatever, but just trying to um, face it head on and then overcome that because that's honestly the best way to, I think it's the best way, and it's worked for me in just dealing with things that are triggering for me. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much that on triggers. But one piece of advice, I guess, is just learning what kind of things we say as humans, I guess, that could be triggering for others who are survivors of abuse. Like like if you know somebody that maybe is a survivor and you're comfortable asking, you could just be like, hey, what kind of things might trigger you? And if you, obviously if you're close enough with this person to ask these questions, but I just feel like asking these kind of questions will allow all of us to be more aware of what we say because there are some things that people say on a regular basis whether it be a joke or not and it can be very triggering and even though it's not necessarily your fault for triggering somebody else like I would hope anyone listening to this would still want to prevent themselves from triggering somebody else because you know that that person is then experiencing you know psychological honestly kind of re-traumatizing themselves I guess um from these triggers. So it's, I think it's really, really smart for a lot of us to just try to figure out what kind of things we should avoid saying. 
Um, and some things we can't avoid, like it might be a totally common phrase that has nothing to do with some kind of trauma. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it would be really great for a lot of us to just figure out what kind of things could be triggering and just avoid, you know, having that, that stuff in our vocabulary. Um, and then I also wanted to end with the fact that, like I said before, triggering is not the same as like offending. It's very different. And so I think there are things that can be said that offend people or offend you because they are simply just insensitive and terrible. And I think that's very different. And I do think that would warrant some kind of like conversation with that person to make them aware of what they're saying and how it makes somebody like us as survivors or even like significant others or friends of survivors and how that makes us feel um, and how it's perceived and that it's like putting off to other people. And that's obviously different from triggers, but um, I've definitely heard a lot of terrible things and it's honestly most of the time it's like jokes but it's just not funny to me but just jokes about like sexual assault or abuse or just anything jokes about that kind of stuff that I just think is completely wrong and offensive and not necessarily triggering to me but I just like I'm like dude you just should not say that and I think we should hold people accountable to things like that being said um but yeah, that's pretty much what I had today, and I hope that was helpful. Um, and it's a very short episode today again, which I enjoy. <laughs> I'm sure you guys enjoy it as well, but I would love to hear from you guys and just, you know, whatever stories you might have that you want to share with me, you know, just one-on-one about things that have triggered you or just like exp- your experience with triggers and how you've been able to overcome those things. I would love to hear your stories, so definitely... Um, you can message me on Instagram at every 68 seconds. Um, and I'd love to chat with you guys more, but yeah, I appreciate you guys listening. This is my ninth episode, which is pretty exciting. And I think I'm going to end this season with 10 episodes and then next season I'm going to start doing a lot of interviews. So I'm definitely pumped for that. And I hope you guys will enjoy that season of every 68 seconds and getting to hear from a lot of other people and different experts on this topic. So yeah, I'll talk with y'all next week and I hope you have a great rest of this week. Hello, hello. It's me again. Uh, I wanted to just end this with a request from y'all. First of all, I would really appreciate some suggestions for future episode topics. I'd love to hear about what you would love to hear from me. And also, I'd really, really, really appreciate if you could share this on your social media accounts, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, whatever. Um, share this because I know there's people out there who are just like you that could really benefit from listening to this kind of podcast. Uh, Another thing I would really appreciate is if you guys could go on to Apple Podcasts and if you loved this episode and are excited to hear more from me, you could just put a review on there. Um, I would just really appreciate that because it would show Apple that you know, I have a listening and people are interested in what I have to share. So yeah, thank you guys so much and I'll see you next week.